Chapter 2. How I Got Here. I have gone through the majority of my life not feeling good enough. Not good enough for my parents, my husband, my family, and my friends. I felt like everyone hated me and simply tolerated me. My parents were divorced when I was three. I have no memory of ever being in a two-parent household or seeing a loving, happy marriage. Growing up, I would see my dad on some weekends. Those, however, were few and far between. He remarried and moved to another state when I was about seven or eight. I had gone to visit for about two weeks in the summer, but it was clear his wife and new family were his priority, not me. One summer while visiting, I call it the Cinderella summer, my two stepsisters had me get on a bike with no brakes, unbeknownst to me, and go down a long, steep country road. That bike ride ended with two permanent scars, both of which, of course, I still have, five stitches in my chin, and a vow that I would never go back there another summer. I kept my promise and never did. And that was pretty much the end of our already fragile father-daughter relationship. Journal prompt number nine. What was your relationship like with your parents as a child? Has that relationship changed as you've grown older? My mom always told me that as a young child, I was attached to her hip. A memory I do not remember. I do not recall being mommy's mini-me or little princess. And once I was a teenager, I felt like my mother resented me for my dad not being there. Resented me for being so outspoken and opinionated. She resented having to raise me alone, unlike she had to do with my older sister, who my grandmother raised. That sense of resentment for me was rooted deep within our relationship. I've always known that my mother loves me. But that love too often felt like it was hampered by disappointments and came with conditions that were utterly beyond my control. Journal prompt number 10. Have you ever felt like your parents' love had conditions? Does that kind of love impact you to this day? During my childhood, I was at my grandmother's house a lot. My school was there, my friends were there, so I was there. By the time I was in seventh grade, my grandmother passed away from cancer. I watched as my grandmother took her final breath in her hospital bed, an image forever embedded in my mind. Author's note. Throughout this, I'll be giving you guys author's notes, things that aren't necessarily included in the book. A dive deeper into where my mind was at this time and where my mind is now regarding what I'm talking about in this book. So funny, last night, I had my grandmother come to me. It was the very first time this has ever happened in a dream or just like in a, a, a quiet setting. My grandfather, Johnny, he comes to me a lot. My grandmother never does. I'll get into more about my grandmother and my relationship as this book goes on. But last night I just had a vision of my grandmother's kitchen, my green cup, me, my sister, my god sister, and my grandmother had color-coded cups in her kitchen. And I just sat in silence for about 30 minutes. And that same vision of me walking into my grandmother's room at the hospital right before she passed. I was the last one to arrive. And now I realize she was waiting for me to say goodbye. When I came in, my grandmother, she was unable to talk. But she did let out a single tear as soon as I said her name. I don't ever remember my grandmother telling me she loved me. But now I know that was her way of telling me she loved me. And that she wanted to wait for me to say goodbye.
Okay, guys, back to the book. My mom was left with an outspoken, bullheaded 13-year-old Therese completely by herself, something she never had to do before. From there, our relationship went downhill. There were never any shopping dates, no mommy and me, Manny and Petties. There were always disagreements and arguments. At 16, right after I got my driver's license, at the end of my junior year of high school, my mom met a man and moved out. I remember her packing her overnight bag and stuffing it with all her belongings like she was running away. I watched her back as she walked out the door, bag in hand, and never came back. I was 16 and alone. I let all of my responsibilities fall to the wayside. There was no adult to keep me in check, so I started partying and hanging out all hours of the night. It was summer and I was having a ball. There wasn't much harm done until fall when I started my senior year of high school. For a few months, I would get up and drive myself to school every day. Then after a while, I'd skip a day or two here and there, then a week, then two weeks, a month. I simply stopped going to school. During that time, I also had a huge blow up with a close friend over a simple misunderstanding. She believed that I had abandoned, she believed that I had abandoned her when she got in a flat tire. Author's note. We were just turning 16, 17 years old, just starting to drive. I was driving a stick. She had her aunt's car. We were both so pressed to drive separately. It was a huge misunderstanding. The blow resulted in her hitting me. And of course, our friendship ended. The harsh breakup and my mother not being home with me caused me to feel so alone. I'd already had more than enough credits to graduate from high school, so I wanted to move on. I was over all of it. Over high school, over my high school friends, and over being a kid, I retaliated out of anger and pain, and from there, I went into full party mode. My mom will tell you that I was mature for my age and that my older sister was living with me at the time. In reality, I was a little girl who looked kind of like a grown woman on the outside, but on the inside, I was hurting and feeling abandoned. My sister was barely 24 years old and had two small children of her own, and she moved back in eight months after my mom moved out. She was in no way capable of raising a 16-year-old. For over a decade, I was angry with my mother, angry at her for choosing a man over me. Angry for her not being there in the morning to make sure I was off to high school. Pissed at her that I didn't go straight to college. Looking back, I see how my relationship with my mother and my friend molded me moving forward. I overcompensated and overworried. I never wanted anyone else I cared for to think that I had left them stranded in need or wouldn't be there for them. So I began to overextend myself. I made sure that I was always there anytime I was needed, even within my marriage. I pursued my husband first. He didn't have to chase or win me over. I have loved him since I met him. You know the saying, marry someone who loves you more than you love them? Well, I felt my husband did that. And that one stings. But this is my truth. And as I've said, we're here for honesty, transparency, and uncovering those harsh realities. Journal prompt number 11. How have your past relationships impacted the way you seek and give love to your current ones? Living the way that I had left me feeling depleted. I never felt back all that love I was so freely given and desperately wanted it in return. I rarely even felt liked. I felt replaceable. 
and that I was simply existing and being tolerated by everyone in my life. What I now realize is that all the love that I was so freely given away was me seeking someone or something that will return it the same way. I was desperately hoping someone would see my value and pour into me. The truth is, I didn't love myself. My picture was empty. I gave nothing to myself because I did not believe that I deserved it. I was putting huge expectations on people, hoping they would see me, love me, and not simply take from me. I thought I needed their validation, but I didn't. I still do not. Others are not qualified to validate me. In reality, what I gave away to others should have been saved for myself. I deserve to value myself as much as I valued those around me. Now in my 30s, I see that the expectation I placed on others were impossible for them to meet as well. I have realized that it must have been extremely hard for my mother to go from having a full I've realized that it must have been extremely hard for my mother to go from having full-time help and support from my grandmother to having to raise a teenager on her own for the first time, all while grieving the loss of her mother. Author's note, I did not realize this then. I was 13. I was a child and I was immature. And I held on to that mindset for decades. Now that I have my own children, I realize that as a mom, sometimes it feels like too much to handle. My mother saw a way out and took it. As a teenager, I should have gotten myself up to go to high school. I knew better. I will not make excuses for my mother, but I do understand her actions better now. Sometimes by walking in someone else's shoes, you can help explain their actions, even understand them, without having to excuse them. Empathy and forgiveness are vital in learning to heal your trauma and continue your journey. I was upset with my mother for not loving me right upset with my father for not being there, and upset with my friends for discrediting me. I was angry because it felt like everyone abandoned me, and I knew that I had to learn to heal from that pain as well. The first step was to recognize that I allowed that trauma and those people to change me and my goals. I had to take accountability for my actions and forgive everyone else who I had been blaming for years. Some fucked up things had happened to me, but I put my entire self-worth in the hands of others. They did not have to love me the way I wanted them to. It was not their responsibility. Now, do not get me wrong. I wholeheartedly believe in reciprocal relationships of all kinds, but we cannot put these huge demands and expectations on others, letting what they do or do not do define us. Ultimately, we need to do what we have to do to take control of our own lives and accept people for who they are, flaws and all, the same way I want to be accepted as flawed as I am. Journal prompt number 12. Who in your life can you practice empathy with that you have not been able to before? Can you recognize their wrongdoings while also recognizing their humanity? Journal prompt number 13. Have there been times when you have allowed others to take control of your fate? What part of those moments or paths can you take ownership for? I have also learned that while I was forgiving others, I had to do the same for myself. Over time, I learned to forgive myself for not knowing better and for not doing better. This took not only time, but maturity. Aaliyah said it best, age ain't nothing but a number. Our age does not make us mature or healthy mentally. What makes us mature is being able to have real and raw conversations with ourselves about ourselves. 
I had to learn to peel back the layers and face my own shit. It was not an overnight process. And even now, I have realized the process of healing is an ongoing one. I still have bad days. Healing is a choice I make daily. I have gone from hating the soul of the person I saw in the mirror to learning to accept the person I am. And dare I say, I may be falling deeply in love with her ass. This has been learned through years of heartbreak, forgiveness, failing, being overlooked, being misunderstood, understanding others, therapy, forming safe circles, medication, meditation, and my self-determination to do that shit. I want to achieve and live my life on my own terms, no matter what it looks like to anyone else. I decided to let go of all the bullshit excuses I had used in the past that held me back. There was a time not too long ago that I never thought I would get here. But here I am, and if I can do it, so can you. There is nothing that I'm asking of you that I have not or do not require of myself. I may not be everything that I want to be, but every day I am more than I was yesterday, and that is progress. We control the trajectory of our lives. Hop off the hamster wheel. You are capable and more than enough. The life you desire and deserve is waiting for you. It's time for you to do that shit. Journal prompt number 14. What steps can you take to begin your journey to a better you? Think therapy, personal health, relationships, work, career change, and or so much more. Affirmations. I am human and I make mistakes. My mistakes do not define me. I am in control of my life. I will no longer make excuses. I will learn to forgive those around me. I will learn to forgive myself.